If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tell us how your day has started. Yeah, um, so we we were all in bed. Uh, we have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and it was about 5.50 in the morning, and we heard loud banging at the door um, and over and over and over again. So we went sleeping in our pajamas to the door, and there was a policeman and a policewoman telling us to evacuate immediately. Um, and we, t- we were confused, and we had all our presents set out for our kids to go see, and we were, like, asking if there was any way we could stay, and they said no, that there was a public threat. So we woke up our kids and put on shoes and jackets and, and left and got in our car and, and drove away. And as we were driving away, we I was turning around to look. Um, we were trying to make a plan for where we were going to go during COVID. We're trying not to go to anyone's house, sure. but what we could do. And, um, and and I was looking at our stretch of buildings downtown, and I, and I saw it explode. I saw a huge explosion, um, a big orange, you know, fireball up in the air, about twice as tall as our building. Uh, and I just said to my husband, oh, my gosh, our, I think our building just exploded. And what was going through your mind seeing that? Um... Uh, immediately, I was so grateful we left. You know, my husband had even said, oh, they kind of, you know, they kind of do these things. Someone might be depressed in the building and making a threat or something, you know. And I said, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to chance it. I just think we should go. And it was so insane. I mean, McDonald's wasn't even open for breakfast. So we just, it, it was really like, what's our plan? I don't know. And, and as we saw, I saw it explode. I just thought, I'm so glad we left. So glad we have our kids. And above anything else, I am so glad for those officers who walked into a building that they knew was a dangerous spot to be and, you know, woke us up and got us out. So grateful. Yeah, you have a child and a four-year-old. I can only imagine, uh, you know, what you must be going through right now. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jimmy Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor and writer-producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today is... I'm Lisa Zambetti. I am the casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds. And Laura couldn't be with us today to jump on. We wanted to jump on just to get a a quick reaction and just an expression of condolences to the people of Nashville for that horrible 
Christmas morning bombing that happened. And of course, we are not going to say the name of the offender, the person who has been identified as uh, being responsible for this terrible explosion, but I did want to jump on and get Jim's thoughts about it because they have brought in the BAU to come down to Nashville and dig into this case. Jim? Yeah. Well, the first thing we want to do is give a shout out to the six officers of the Nashville Police Department who risked their lives to save lives. They went around and they got people up and they got them out of their homes and businesses. And thank God they did because some of those businesses and homes were destroyed, uh, a building collapsed, and a lot of facades collapsed, and people could have been killed. As it were, I think eight people were injured, but I believe they were all treated and released. So thank God, and thank God for those six officers. That's right. I'd love to shout out their names, Jim. Is that okay? Okay. So we have Officer Brenna Hosey, Officer Tyler Llewellyn, Officer Michael Sipos, Officer Amanda Topping, Officer James Wells, and Sergeant Timothy Miller, heroes and sheroes all. This is exactly what we expect and and are so grateful for law enforcement doing. And I, I don't know if you've seen the body the body camera footage, Jim, but yeah, I was I just watching it and they were walking right by that fucking RV that was blaring out this very cryptic warning to evacuate, don't come near this, don't come near this vehicle, explosion is imminent. And, and they were walking right past it. Right. And well, they um, had to because yeah. obviously the area around it is the area where they had to evacuate and they couldn't do their job without getting very close to it. But as I said, they risk their lives to save other lives. Right. They have no idea if it's really going to explode, if this is a hoax, when it's going to explode. They have no idea if there were other vehicles, other packages hidden around that are going to explode. I mean, the tension when you watch that body cam footage, how hard it has to be to be on the streets doing that, I I can't even imagine. So just gratitude for them. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned that the BAU is down there, and that is a very understandable cause of action because the profilers can help figure out what the motives were and maybe use it also to help prevent this kind of thing from happening in the future. Yeah, so I'm wondering, so, well, first of all, I want to ask you about just the significance of the holiday. So he does this Christmas fucking morning, right? In fact, some of the body cam uh, footage shows a father carrying his kid in their pajamas, running down the street, trying to avoid glass. I mean, Merry fucking Christmas. I mean, what, what is, and that must be a symbol of some kind for this offender and maybe other offenders. Well, I think this is all tied together. And what, what, the BAU would be doing is first looking at the victimology and also what typically bombers do. So bombers typically feel diminished and powerless with low self-esteem. So they want to feel more powerful. They want to make a big statement. And there's different kinds of bombers. And one is a personal cause bomber. And that could be the case here. If that's what it was, he didn't do a very good job of promoting his cause. It's not clear, but the AT&T building did sustain significant damage and 
their service was down and caused uh, service to be down in uh, a few southern states for a while. But in order to promote that personal cause, there was no need for him to die. So that tells me it's probably not that or not just that. And if a bomber is suicidal, and there's a very good chance in this case, a high likelihood that he was, they literally want to go out with a big bang. And unfortunately, he chose Christmas morning and he chose a very busy area in Nashville, a place that we were just yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, I was just going to say, we were, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Crime Crime Con. Con. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we were at a club right on that street, just just feet away from where the bomb exploded. It's a very popular place, but he chose a particular time. Yes, holidays can be very depressing and especially exacerbated during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think that is probably part of the significance here of, of the Christmas morning bombing. But there's a few things that he did. I mean, he gave a warning to evacuate the area. And is that unusual? It is unusual. And the timing of it at 6.30 a.m., where there will be few people up, few patrons, few pedestrians, few drivers in the area. So minimize the amount of carnage in terms of human life or injury. We do know that his father worked for AT&T years ago, and he could have a grievance about his father's work there. It could be how his father ended employment there, or it could be completely unrelated. It could be that he wanted to be by a place that he knew or that he had some kind of message to give. And we'll talk about the song he played in a little bit. But there's a lot of behavior that indicated that he was contemplating suicide. He gave away his car and he told that person that he gave it to that he had cancer. We don't know if that's true or not. He gave away a home that he had in Antioch that, that he had for many years. These are things that people typically do when they're contemplating suicide. And we want to tell anybody, any of our listeners, anybody who hears this, that if you are thinking about suicide, there is help. And we'll post the suicide hotline. You can talk to someone. It is not your only way. And so let's keep going and talk about what we know about this particular guy. When I looked at the, the circumstances yesterday, I saw that he lived in a duplex with a tall privacy fence around the area where he parked his RV, which is the perfect place to basically do whatever work he wanted to do. He purchased a number of components that could be used to make bombs. I believe that it was probably an ANFO device, and I'm not going to go into. Well, I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to teach anybody anything. But or he might have been able to get a hold of some commercial explosives. I don't know. But the fact is that it was a powerful blast, and it was not. It was not high explosives. Didn't leave a crater in the street, so it was probably another type of device. But still powerful enough to do significant damage and 
it literally could have killed scores of people. So I believed, looking at it from just without any more details, that there was probably some medical or mental disorder, that something was driving this person and he was suicidal. The song he chose to play. Now, is it possible that it was just his favorite song ever and he wanted to play it on his way out? Or was there a meaning behind it? Was it thematic? And I think that if you listen to the song Downtown, it's an upbeat and hopeful song, but Mm -hmm. with very dark undertones. And it talks right in the beginning about when you're alone and when you're lonely, go downtown. When you have all these worries, don't worry. Things will be great. Go downtown. If your problem surrounds you, you'll be happy again. You're going to be all right. In fact, some, you might even find somebody kind to understand you. Forget all your troubles and cares. Just go downtown. Uh, I have to believe that that was a very symbolic gesture, that he played that particular song, uh, that he went downtown and he played that song. And I know that he apparently was caring for his ailing mother. And he was in the middle of, obviously, like, like the rest of us, in the middle of COVID. And if he did get a bad diagnosis, clearly, he would have had to spend weeks, if not months, preparing for this. I was going to so, ask you, how long would it take for him yeah, to put this, this all together? This is not something you can do in, in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And He'd already made the statement to his neighbor more than a week before Christmas that something big is going to happen for Christmas about what he said um, to be so famous, Nashville will never forget me. That's why we're not saying his fucking name. Absolutely because he's not. Not, he's not going to be famous here. or and-, and nobody should be saying his name. It is not something that we should be doing. It just encourages idiots. But the the two things that I think are most critically um, going to tell us what the real motive was, was following through with his father's work experience at AT AT&T and see if there was a grievance there. And also the FBI recovered his computer and a hard drive, and hopefully they'll be able to get into that and see if there's anything else. Well, but- I was just reading on the WKRN, which is a local Nashville station, that they have found ramblings. Uh, he was into hunting for alien life forms, interested mm-hmm. in lizard people, which is a big conspiracy theory, and also paranoia over 5G technology. Yeah. So can you explain to people what that bullshit conspiracy is? Or is it real? Tell me what it was. Well, well, first (laughs) let's talk about paranoia. Paranoia is when you believe that there are a number of things going on, swirling around you, that you take events that happen in your life or that you see reported outside of your life and you connect them to this very well-organized, highly orchestrated by powerful people conspiracy, the lizard people and the Illuminati conspiracies and how on the internet you can see videos where they'll, they'll put in like sideways blinking eyes on certain people like Obama or 
or even Beyonce. They'll, they'll put together all these people. And there are people who need to do that. They need to feel like the lot they have in life has been orchestrated by others. They're being forced down and that's why they're not succeeding or that's why they're not getting what they want or that's why they feel so bad about themselves. But again, this ties into that powerlessness and the low self-esteem and feeling of diminished capacity that we typically see in bombers. They want to make a bigger bang. They are being frustrated by life. And so it's very common to have people who have those kinds of those problems point outwardly to this big unknowing, uh, excuse me, this big unknown conspiracy. And so let's talk about 5G. So there are people that believe that COVID was caused by 5G. You can believe that all you want. There is no way. It's not possible. It's impossible. It didn't happen because of 5G. 5G has nothing to do with the development of a virus. Now, you could go to school and medical school and spend the next 20 years studying what a virus is and find out for yourself, or you could actually read about what a virus is and what it's caused by and how it sometimes leaps from animals to humans and there's a lot of experimentation and stuff that goes on that tries to determine how these things develop. And you could watch our program called Pandemic on Netflix, and you'll see how for, for the last hundred years since the last pandemic, we have been studying it. We have people that are out in the field testing geese and bats and other animals that typically do spawn off these viruses and they're, they can be very deadly to humans. And, and we knew they've been coming for a while. I mean, the, the fact that we years. had, yeah. the fact that we had, we sold that show two years before it came out and we sold it because we were approached by people, ep epidemiologists who said, we need to warn the country and the world that there is a brewing pandemic that it's going to one of these is going to break through it happens about once every 100 years and it was in fact 100 years right. since the last one well since the last one ended 1918 is when the last one began so this is something that you can educate yourself on or you can live in this dark world of fear and conspiracy yeah. the fact is that covid is a virus it's similar to the average cold or the average flu, only it has morphed itself into something that has the general shape of the average cold virus, but the spikes on it are much more effective at infecting people. And this one has, uh, to date, unstudied reasons why it can actually exacerbate existing problems and cause an internal autoimmune response in people where your own body attacks itself. And it doesn't happen to everybody, but to those who it does happen to, including my niece, my nephew, my cardiologist who just spent weeks in the hospital. These are people that didn't expect it, didn't necessarily have real health issues, mm -hmm. but two out of those three got hit really hard and almost died.
Yeah. And we're already over 330,000 deaths. Whether you want to believe that all those deaths were COVID deaths, it's not fake. Yeah. COVID is real. It's killing people right now. And people pretending that it doesn't exist or feeling like they could have the, they're allowed to have the opinion that masks don't help and social distancing don't help and washing your hands don't really help. Well, by doing that, you're risking lives. You're risking my life. Yeah. You're risking the lives of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who cannot protect ourselves yeah. fully from this unless everybody protects themselves. It's just, yeah. it's maddening to it hear is. people, even in my family, even among my friends yeah. who think that, well, it's just another flu. Well, no, it isn't just another flu. And I've heard, this is what I've heard people say this. Well, 50,000 people died last year from the flu. So why are we getting all upset? Because it was only 80,000 who had died from COVID at that point. Well, now mm -hmm. it's 330,000 in this country. 330,000. Yeah. And that's what the scientists have been saying too. And, yeah. and also, Jim, it's not only, I mean, the stress that COVID can put on your body can trigger a heart attack, can, yeah. can do all other kinds of things that, that the heart attack kills you, but the COVID pulled the trigger. I mean- Right, exactly. Get it, initiated it. And I've already lost two people in my family, very close to me in the last- five months yeah. and one of my friends his a co-worker saturday w was out surfing saturday morning early in the morning went surfing came home didn't feel good and died Ugh. of covid wow yeah he had no idea he had it well, I think that's what's part of that feeds the conspiracy, Jim, is this asymptomatic nature of it where you don't feel sick. Right. And, and here's, it, here's yeah. another thing that's really important. Asymptomatic, what that means is I have no symptoms. However, people don't know if they have symptoms because one of the things that it does, and I spoke to one of the PhD geneticists who's working on one of the four vaccines that have been approved uh, mm -hmm. so far that have gotten to a certain stage in their development. And he said that what happens when you have it is that COVID overwhelms your immune system. Part of your immune system is your nervous system. The nerves that you have that send pain signals to your brain. It overwhelms it so that it doesn't send the normal pain signals. And what that means is that you're going through something, but your body's not telling you that you're going through it. And I think mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened to this guy, that people are dying in huge numbers. More people have died that I have a connection to in this past 10 months than it, in my entire previous life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just can't believe the number of people that are relatives or friends of friends and colleagues or family members. 
Right. So I know this is a big tangent away from what we, you know, originally were discussing, but I think the fact is, is that it's, there are paranoias and then there are real things to be afraid of and real things to be protecting yourself against. And, and COVID is certainly one of them. And just one thing about the vaccines, because we knew something like COVID was coming, these vaccines have been in the hopper for a long time, which is why they were so quickly rolled out. Um, right. That's just something else. That yes. The technology behind it has been in, in the works for for many years, but they accelerated the stages between the approvals and and finally using it yeah, just- because of COVID. I also wanted to say one other thing about this bomber that the police actually were in the area because they responded to reports of shots fired. So that's a, I think another warning that this particular bomber gave that I think he used that. I think either he did fire shots or he played shots over his loudspeaker to get the police in the area, to get them to evacuate the area, which is what he did, which tells me that he either wanted to make sure nobody got hurt and he really wanted to do some physical destruction on the block could have been a- aimed at AT&T, like I said, where his father worked, or it could have been just that he wanted to go to a place that he knew had street cameras that he knew would get coverage, and that's why he blew it up there. Do you think he could have killed himself with those gun blasts, or do you think that was just totally separate? It's completely possible, but I don't know how the the device was triggered we'll have to find out if it was an automatic trigger once the announcements were made maybe i mean don't you think he's taking like a lot of assumptions in the fact that how does he know that the police aren't going to walk right up to the vehicle and say turn that fucking thing off or or what's going on here or it seems like they would want to investigate in you know he could have killed a number of police officers. He could have killed that father and son that was running away. Yeah, so the 5G, what does 5G have to do with anything? And what is 5G? Well, I mean, it's just, it's cell phone technology. I mean, it's just a way to transmit cell phone signals. And yeah, people don't know it. And people believe in that there's radiation coming out of all of our electrical lines that, that harm people. And there's other people that say there's no damage that can be done to it. Is it? Is it possible that that cell phones and cell phone technology could be harmful in the long run with repeated exposure for many years? Yeah, sure. That's why on here I have a cover on my cell phone that blocks radiation. But that doesn't have anything to do with a conspiracy. No, no. (laughs) But there's also, I was asked by my sister who heard that the AT&T building actually was where they transferred all of the voting machines that they were going to u- to check the accuracy of and they were all destroyed in the in the bombing okay it's it, well no but this is the kind of bullshit that yeah. people are promoting out there yeah i have a question for you Mm-hmm. Something that's pissing me off about this Nashville bombing case is it doesn't seem to be being called domestic terror, even though this guy, oh, he seemed to do it when nobody was around and the least possible damage. Fuck him. It this was, was absolutely th- domestic terror. Why I mean, won't they you don't call have it to that? Why? Kill somebody. 
I but don't legally, know. It's not. I'm apparently, according to other commentators on the news, it's not a le- legally fits the definition of well, domestic terror. That would be that would be a completely false statement. That's like saying mm-hmm. Oklahoma City was not. Well, I was. Yeah, terror. that's exactly I mean, what how, I was going to ask. Yeah. What is the difference? Right. The target in Oklahoma City was a federal building. 167, I think, people and children were killed. Yeah. How is that any different than this? Mm -hmm. Somebody from the United States who built a bomb intending to blow it up and cause destruction. He injured eight people. That's domestic terrorism. And there's no way... There's no way you can call it anything else. If he had gone to the middle of the Mojave Desert and blown up that same device with him in the RV, it's probably not terror. But when you drive it into a downtown, a populated downtown area that clearly could have had hundreds of people in the area. Yeah. In fact... By telling people to evacuate, they may have had to come out into the street where they were more at risk. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like that because there's a lack of a body count. Somehow it just feels to me like people aren't taking it as seriously and calling it out. What commentators Uh, are saying it's not domestic terror. What are they saying? The legal definition. Give me a break. It's somebody from the United States who builds a bomb blows it up intentionally in the middle of a populated area domestic yeah. terror period yeah, I, agree. I would love to have somebody explain to me how that is not domestic terror yeah yeah oh my gosh what a conversation jim hoy yeah i'm sorry that we have to have it but yeah the point is that we are we are in a world where the vast majority of people are good but there are people who are bad and when they don't give a damn about other human beings, even though this idiot took precautions, he certainly injured eight people and risked many lives. Yeah. yeah. Many lives. And by the way, while the AT&T building was down and the hospitals couldn't get their radio traffic and, and traffic was backed up and you don't know how many people could have been could have died because they didn't get any any kind of treatment or because they couldn't call 911. Yeah. Give me a break. Well, we're so sorry that this happened during the holiday times when we're Our supposed hearts to be coming go out to Nashville yeah, and absolutely. all Tennessee and anybody who has family and friends there and to the people who were injured and to the cops and their families for having to risk your life on Christmas morning for somebody who clearly didn't give a damn about others. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this person. It's always these white middle to late aged guys, Jim, what is that about? I mean, do you see a pattern there or is it just, well, it's not always it, it, white males are the majority in this country. So they're going to show up the majority of times, mm. but I mean, this is a mental health or medical disorder mm. being played out and, it, it does look like this person was diminished, depressed, wanted to take himself out, but he wanted to do it, and he wanted to feel more powerful. He wanted to be famous. And so the best thing we could possibly do is forget him, 
forget his name, forget who he is, and hopefully not let other people think that this is a good thing to do. Yeah. Because it's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't care what kind of precautions you take. You can't blow up a device and and know for certain that you're not going to kill people. Or even just think about it. I mean, the livelihood of the people whose businesses were destroyed. It's bad enough they had to deal with COVID. Yep. Now their buildings are gone and their livelihood is gone. Yeah. And the people who live there. They're never going to feel safe. How are you going to undo the trauma to those people? No. And even to the cops who were out on the street just within yards of the explosion. Yeah. Very glad that the cops were able to, the, the police officers themselves, and we don't see this very often, Jim, they actually were able to go in front of news cameras and tell their stories. It wasn't just a spokesperson for the police. It wasn't just right. the chief. They were able to, and it really, I think, humanizes them and shows you how they're working people putting their lives on the line and they care yeah, about each just, other. They, they're humans. Yep. And they care about their community. They care about each other. But they were and, crying and hard, hard, to, hard to hold it together. And I really felt for them. Right. And I think this is a really important note that there, there have been some police officers who've done some bad things. There's no question about it. And there's, there's definitely a need to to address issues that surround race and equality and policing. But there are 500,000 police officers in this country, and they're from every potential background and race and creed and ethnicity, and by and large, almost every one of them is doing the job to help people. Mm -hmm. There are a few that, that don't have that. There are some that make mistakes or do things out of anger or frustration that they should not do. And if that's the case, they need to stop being police officers. Yeah, but absolutely. We are only safe in this community, in every community, because there are police officers, because as you and I very well know, there are many more bad people outside of the police department that raise the need for a police department. If everybody was wonderful, there would be no need for police. There's a lot of really bad people, and all you have to do is watch a few seasons of Criminal Minds to see a good <laughs> spectrum of, of them. Right. Well, we know that our listeners are wonderful people. And we know that we want you to be safe during this holiday season and beyond as we go into the new year. And we want you to wear a mask and wash your hands and hug people from far away. (laughs) Hug hug them from six to 12 feet away from you and stay safe and get vaccinated when it's your turn and believe the scientists and worry about things that are real (laughs) and, and take care of each other. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that there are people out there saying that masks don't help. And there are people out there saying that washing hands and social distancing doesn't help. And all I'll say is, if that's the case, then why is every single doctor and nurse and janitor and clerk at the hospitals 
where people who have COVID are being treated, why is every one of them covered head to toe in PPE and masks and uh, face guards? Why is that? Mm-hmm. They're fools. They're in the medical profession. They're living it day to day. If it helps them, it helps us. Yep. Please use common sense and stop thinking this is a matter of choice. We have to help protect each other. We cannot simply say, well, I don't care because one of the insidious things about this disease is you don't necessarily know you have it. You can be transmitting it to one or 10 or 100 other people without knowing you ever even had it. And that's the danger here. It's not like a cold or the flu. You have the cold or the flu. And when you're it contagious with the cold or the flu, people around it because you're sneezing or you're coughing or you're blowing your nose. But with this, you can be completely asymptomatic. Nobody in the world will know. And they think you're safe and you're not safe at all. So you could actually hurt or kill other people without even trying, unless you take all the precautions you humanly can. Please do it. If we all do it, we will get through this so much faster. So much faster. Well, okay. Well, thanks, Jim, for jumping on to talk about Thank these you, very, Lisa. very important things. We wish, you know, Laura wishes she were here. And on a good note, congratulations to Laura. our Laura. She getting hitched. Yeah. Laura has yes. gotten engaged. Yes. Missed the news. To Umberto. Anyway, we're so happy for her. It's such a, it's so nice to be celebrating something and we're happy for her. Yeah. The only good thing that happened in 2020. That's true. All right. Anyway. Okay, Jim. I love you. Take Take care. care. Okay. And be safe out there until next time. Signing off on Real Crime Profile. If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like making a murderer, mind hunter, escape at Danamora. The case of Sally Challen, the teacher's pet, Lynette Dawson, the exonerated five in When They See Us, and the disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866-4107 or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247 In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling You can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214-946-4357. You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.